Hello and welcome back to the Premier League Trio podcast. My name is Hayden and I'm your host as usual today. Today I'm delighted to be joined by a football writer, um, particularly in French football and a podcaster, Jeremy Smith. Jeremy's featured in the Guardian Sport, Talk Sport 2, Get French Football News, numerous outlets. And it's an absolute honour to have him on the podcast to discuss some French rumours because I know there's a lot being you know sort of thrown around in the media. So Jeremy, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks a lot for having me on. No problem at all. And look, it's crazy time, isn't it, at the moment? Are you busy with just lots of transfer rumours or is it st- starting to die down a little bit as the season starts? No, I don't. I, don't especially, I mean, all summers, even as the season starts, as long as the window's open, it's always a bit crazy. But obviously, with everything that's gone on the last six months and this summer, I think it's, it's even worse. I mean, the French window's staying open till mid-October or something, so... Well, I didn't, yeah, didn't realize that. A while that to go yeah, that's quite a while. How come it's staying open longer than the British window? It's I don't entirely understand how it works, but I think a window can only be open for so long. And in France, they opened it earlier in the summer because their season had finished. Then they actually closed it for a few weeks and then reopened it, I guess, to kind of tally at least, at least a little bit with the rest of the rest of Europe. Very, very interesting. I'm not really a fan of the transfer window. I prefer the football. I just want to see what's going on back on the pitch. Analysis, you know, sort of match day. That's much more my cup of tea. But obviously, as you run a podcast, a Premier League podcast, you have to talk about silly seasons. So let's just jump straight into it. And let's start with uh, Edouard Mendy, because he is someone, obviously, that's been heavily linked to Chelsea. I believe they are pretty close to signing uh, getting him signed on, uh, you know, pr- pretty imminently, I reckon. And um, what have you heard in terms of the deal, in terms of the fee? And what sort of player are Chelsea getting? Because as you probably know, or everyone knows, Kepper is pretty awful. Um, he's someone that needs to be replaced. Expensive, expensive buy. But Chelsea are doing some excellent business. Is Mendy the keeper to take them to that next level? Um, it's hard to say because he's sort of... Although he's not young, he's kind of relatively new on the scene. Um, he had a fantastic season a couple of seasons back at, at Reims and sort of and, and a transfer to Rennes, who um, obviously was kind of a step up from from Reims, um, and basically maintained his form last year. Um, so I think he. I mean, he's talked about how he was a sort of late developer and, and very very nearly missed the boat in terms of a professional career. So I think he sees you know, any success that he has as a bonus, but obviously um, a chance to, to join a, a sort of top-level Champions League club, um, even, even if he's not necessarily going to be the number one keeper, at least to start with. Um, he, he basically went to Ren and said, look, you know, I, I want this move. Please give it to me. And... Um, while it puts them in a little bit of a bind in terms of, of having to find a, a replacement, um, you know they're, they're they're a decent club. They're not going to stop him having that opportunity. Absolutely. And what's his best attributes? Because when you look at him as a goalkeeper, obviously he's very tall, isn't he? He's about six foot five. Yeah. Premier League's a demanding league in terms of the high ball. You see a lot of keepers come in, and that's that's got to be your bread and butter. You've got to command your box very, very, um, you know, strongly, you've got to have a presence there. Is that something he holds in? Yeah, I mean, you know, real presence, real sort of, um, I guess, control and understanding with his defence, great shot stopper, 
Um, possibly the, the distribution side is where maybe he's slightly weaker. But um, yeah, certainly for the last two seasons, he's, he's definitely been amongst the you know the top two or three um, in in Ligue 1. To be honest, I, I, arguably he was outshone last year by the guy who replaced him at Ras, which is um, Rykovic. And I'm surprised there haven't been any Premier League clubs sort of going after him. To be honest, very interesting. And this one's going to happen, isn't it, with Mendy? You expect him to be a Chelsea player before the end of the window? It looks like it. I mean, the, the the he clearly wants to go. It looked like terms are agreed. And actually, in the press conference sort of an hour ago for for the upcoming Ren match, um, Stefan was asked about the fact that he and Niang weren't in training today. Um, and he sort of skirted around the issue. But I think it's clear that certainly in the case of Mendy, it's because of because of this imminent move. Let's uh, touch on Niang quickly because I know we spoke about it off air and um, he's someone that was at Watford, I believe, wasn't he, a, f- a few years back and he had quite a, a quite a good loan spell there. He's he's someone who I'm surprised hasn't had a better career. I know he was at Milan and he did well there and he was very highly rated, but he seems to be someone who, somewhat of a journeyman, I would say, bounced from club mm-hmm. to club, obviously a talent. I mean, what what is it with Niang that's made him have that sort of trajectory in his career from, you know, bouncing from clubs. And um, do you expect any Premier League clubs to have a look at him this summer? I think they could do because he certainly fits the profile of, of you know, I think he, he's got all the tools to succeed in, in the Premier League. He's relatively versatile, can play down the centre or on the flanks. He's tall, he's strong, he's fast. Um, I think he sort of sprung onto the scene very, very young, I think, at Caen. And has, yeah, it's moved around a lot, hasn't settled. I get the impression it's as much off field things as on field. And, uh, you know, things like I think he's got into scrapes with the, the French under 21s. He's been in a couple of sort of controversial late night car crashes, things like that. But he certainly seems to have settled in the last couple of years. He scored, I think, I think it's uh, 23 maybe over the two seasons, um, league and goals for Rennes, which you know, isn't the most stunning uh, set of figures, but I guess just it's showing more consistency than he's ever shown before. Um, He's bedded down. And I think the only thing I would say is that there's there's constant rumours that he doesn't get on with the coach at um, at Rennes and last week he missed their friendly against Benfica and apparently it was because he didn't turn up to training so I guess you can look at it both ways either he's still got a bad attitude or it's because he's pushing for a move um, so I'd, I'd expect Premier League clubs to look at him um, I saw that Brighton had been linked and to be honest as a Brighton fan in terms of the pure footballing ability I'm keen but in terms of the potential off-field stuff I'm not I'm, I'm a little bit wary yeah it's it's not just about ability is it these days you've got to have a good head on you and sometimes it's like Balotelli isn't it this is a risk worth it probably not but um let's move on to a few of the Leon players because there's some excellent crop of players there coming through and as, as everyone saw, they got to the semi-finals of the Champions League, which is very impressive. And let's start with, well, I'll mention all of them and I'll let you go for each one. So there's obviously Memphis Depay, who's apparently agreed personal terms with Barcelona. Depay is someone that obviously I know very well as a United fan and uh, came to United. It was a case of too much too soon, I think. He was definitely excellent at PSV Eindhoven. 
he uh excellent free kick taker he had fantastic numbers i believe it was 17 goals that season before he joined but it just never worked out for him you know i don't i don't think he took to the pressure very well united are a very unsettled side so he's gone to leon and he's really made something out of his career he's been he's been brilliant for for them and also for the national team he's been excellent playing more up front which is quite interesting and then you've got awara as well who for me i, I think is a wonderful player i think Whoever gets him this summer, whether it's City, Juventus or Arsenal, hope it's not Arsenal, but whoever does get him is going to get a fantastic creative player. How high can he go and do you expect him to move? And then Moussa Dembele is someone that was obviously heavy, heavily linked with Manchester United and Chelsea in January. The fee was quite high, I believe. I remember it was about £70 million pounds, or was it Euros, one of the two. But um, it doesn't look like he'll move this summer. Do you expect any movement to come in the next couple of windows with uh, Dembele? I think that there's there's definitely going to be movement at some point, and it might yet be this window. Um, Janino this week said that he definitely doesn't see all three of them leaving in this window, but they've all got a, a sort of reasonable case if you want to to, to leave. Um, Depay has only got a year left on his contract. To be, to be honest, despite him last week saying I've never said I wanted to leave. He's basically been saying he, he wants to leave the whole time he's been at Lyon. So I don't know how he's got the cheek to say that. Um, he's probably the same as at, at United, although we've Leon seen more of the, the best of him. He can still blow hot and cold, but when he's playing well, he, he really is a fantastic player and you know can win matches on his own, which he has done a few times for Lyon. So although... I don't necessarily think that he's as well. I certainly don't think he's as good as he thinks he is, um, and I'm not sure he's sort of, you know, top five European club quality, which is what he always thought he was. The funny thing is, he always counted Barcelona as one of those top five, and I guess at the moment it's fair to say that they're not. And so maybe now is the right timing to go to Barcelona. Obviously, he's got a good relationship with Kuman as well. Um, Leon have actually said that. They don't necessarily want him to leave and they'd even be happy for him to stay and sort of let, let him go next year for free. But if they get a decent monetary offer for him, that they will let him go. Awa is a strange one because um, he's the one that everyone's been talking about for the last two or three years, but there's, there doesn't seem to have been many sort of concrete offers come through. Um, the only one that, that, that seems to have sort of filtered out is is the Arsenal approach which was with uh with an element of a swap deal with Guendouzi and, and Leon said that Guendouzi doesn't doesn't fit their profile the profile of player they want I don't know if they mean again like um position wise or personality wise attitude yeah for sure attitude he's got a terrible terrible attitude my brother's an Arsenal fan and he's just desperate for him to get out but there's not many takers is there for Guendouzi this summer no I think he's been tainted by by the attitude thing um I mean, PSG, that probably come to it later, but there was also a rumour about him being offered to, to ask, um, offered to, sorry, to PSG as a make way for Draxler. So, um, you know, clearly Arteta wants Rid. But then the other, you know, the other day he played really well and actually captained the France under 21. So I suppose if you got the right manager and the current manager of the under 21s was his manager at Lorient beforehand. So, you know, if he's if he's kept in check, he's still a good player. But yeah, in terms of Awa, I mean, as you said, he's a fantastic player. My issue with him is 
I'm still not sure he shows it consistently enough. He can raise his game for Man City or Juventus or whatever. And if Lyon are playing well, he plays well. But the way that people talk about him, I think he should be sort of more proactive. He should be making Lyon play well rather than the other way around, if you know what I mean. Um, if he can do that, and obviously he's got the potential to do that, then I think he'll be one of the best midfielders in Europe. Um, the, so the question is just where he's going. And City have always been linked just because Guardiola has often said he likes him. And I do think he'd fit into a City team. I think he, I think he'd do well under Arteta as well. Um, but Leon just waiting for an offer to come in. And I think maybe because of this summer after COVID and the market, no one knows exactly what's happening. Maybe everyone's waiting for someone else to make a move or for one big signing to happen so everyone can sort of work out what the figures are, you know, relative to that one. Um, and then Dembele, he's a strange, for me, he's a strange one because he's a very good goal scorer. He showed that coming off the bench against City in the Champions League. He's shown it already in Britain um, with Celtic and Fulham. Um, I'm just... I'm not sure he's a very good footballer. <laughs> and so when he's not scoring goals, obviously that is his job, so fair enough. But he's not doing much to sort of connect play, to drop deep. And Would you and argue he's like, sorry, sorry, Jeremy, I interrupted you. But would you argue he's a bit like Icardi, great in the box, but the rest of his game is pretty much non-existent? Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not exactly the same in their style, but... Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you're not going to look at look at him to to come up with too many assists or, you know, Henri style pop up on the wing, dribble past the couple and then slot it into the opposite corner or anything like that. Um, so, again, like I said, he's shown that he does fit the, the sort of Anglo style and I think he would do very well here. But I do wonder if that's, again, what's, what's holding some clubs back from putting in a concrete bid that... There's also been a few times, particularly this season, where um, if he's not scoring, he's not doing much else. And and I think, you know, I actually I just read an interview with Henri today where he talked about changing the, the position of centre-forward and whether that's true or not. I think people do look to them to do a little bit more now than just be that fox in the box. And, um, yeah, maybe that's the problem there. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I... I... When I've watched Dembele, he's been good, but I just don't think with the money that's been quoted, he's worth that. One last question before we move on to a few other players is, when you talk about Owar and sort of that blowing hot and cold, could you level that same sort of criticism towards Ndombele? Because when you watched him when he was at Lyon, he had, we saw a few games where he was outstanding, outstanding at City in the Champions League. But it seems, and I've spoken to a few people just regarding Ndombele's character and the character sort of analysis has been from the feedback has been that he's someone who if you're playing Barcelona one week he'll turn up and he'll be incredible but he can't motivate himself for those smaller games is that something that's true on Ndombele and could you say something similar for Awara is that a bit unfair to be fair it's probably true of Lyon as a club for the last few years they always seem to raise their games and then come unstuck against teams that you expect them to beat so I think there's a sort of a little bit of cause and effect there but yeah, I, th I think it's a similar kind of thing. And Zambele, I think it's a mixture of um, a ridiculously laid back attitude, which maybe sometimes goes too far into not caring. And um, 
there are, I think, occasional weight and fitness issues as well. So I think with him, it's a bit of a package. And if you're going to be someone like that, Mourinho probably isn't the best person to be playing under. And um, Spurs fans are, are probably not the most patient either. So, you know, on reflection, maybe that wasn't a great move. Um, Awa, there's never been any question of bad attitude or anything like that. Um, although he's club vice captain, there aren't any sort of really obvious kind of strong leadership, strong personality um, traits from him that I can see. So I think it's it's slightly different. Um, and I think it is just someone that if the right coach can get him to just be on it. I don't, I, what I'm saying is I don't, I don't think he's sort of picking and choosing his matches as in I can't really bother to lift myself for this one. I think it's just the way he is that although – you know he's he's been at the top level now for three four years. I think he's still relatively young, relatively inexperienced, and and possibly he's he hasn't yet reached his full maturity where he's going to be playing um, playing well week in week out. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a great assessment. And um, can we discount Juventus then with Awa with their financial situation? They they arguably along with City, they've been the most strongly and consistently linked. So, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure we can completely discount them, but Lyon are asking for 50 to 70 million. So, unless they, they drop that figure, then, yeah, possibly Juventus might be priced out. Yeah, I agree with that. And let's move on to Guendouzi. I know you've touched on it, and we'll do Guendouzi with Draxler. Guendouzi is someone who... He came to Arsenal highly rated. I can't say I've been a massive fan of him. I think that he's shown flashes of ability, but I don't see the hype around him. Maybe you can, obviously you're a French football expert, you can perhaps you know, tell the listeners more about his ability, but I've never seen him do anything outstanding. And he seems to think that he is should be playing at a higher level than Arsenal. He thinks he should be going to play for the Barcelonas of the world, the Real Madrid's of the world. Although, as you mentioned, Barcelona are pretty poor right now, so maybe he would get into their side. But... Um, Look, he, he's someone that Arsenal potentially have a very good bargaining chip, especially in this market where they've got a young player with a high sell-on value, I think, at the moment. You, they could possibly ask for €40 million Euros for him, possibly because you know he's young. There is potential there. Obviously, you mentioned Draxler. Is there any movement on, on a swap deal there or is it a case of Draxler, obviously, with Leeds' interest there? Apparently, he's turned them down. Can you see Jackson moving to Arsenal instead? Or is it a case of him staying for that final year at PSG and then deciding where he goes after that? Um, it's funny that uh, when when the Jackson rumour came out, someone replied to me um, in a tweet saying something to the effect of, yeah, because Arsenal, you know, are already short of, of, you know, flaky German attacking midfielders in an attitude problem. And, and I think maybe it's sort of, does come down to that a little bit with him. I feel slightly sorry for him during his time with PSG that he's been sort of shifted around to so many different positions that he hasn't really been able to make any one position his own. But then I guess on on the other side of it, you could say that if he played well enough to make one of those positions his own, then they wouldn't have kept shifting him around. Um, I think... Yeah, clearly PSG don't rate him highly enough to be making him a first-team regular or certainly starter. But he seems happy enough there. He said that he wants to see out his contract. I'm sure he's on a massive wage. It's a nice city to live in. I can understand that to a point. Although, I, for me, it's always disappointing when a when a top-class footballer 
does that. I mean, we're not going to talk about bail, but I, I don't really understand his attitude. But, awful um, attitude. Yeah. Um, so I can't really see. I can't. I can't see the benefit, particularly to, to Arsenal or PSG, of this swap move. I mean, I I do think Guendouzi has a lot of potential, but I don't think he's good enough for PSG or where PSG want to be. And Draxler, at his best, Arsenal, like a lot of teams, would would benefit from him. But he hasn't been at his best for a good three, four years. And um, I'm not sure that uh, Arteta clearly is a good man manager, but... I just think that they seem to be on a bit more of an upward curve. I just think, why risk unsettling it with with someone like that? The funny thing is, I think with Guendouzi, and possibly that's why maybe in a way he's sort of more highly rated than his ability suggests, is that he's exactly, it's a fine line, but he's exactly what Arsenal have missed so often for so many years, that, you know, someone in the centre who puts his foot in and looks like he cares and he's always giving 100%. The problem is that too often he gives 110%, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. They need a bit of bite in their midfield. They've they've always, Arsenal been flaky. And I think Guendouzi's probably anything but flaky. I wouldn't say he's a flaky character. I think he's, maybe, yeah, you're no, right. No, Draxler, sorry. Oh, Draxler, yeah. Oh, you mean Draxler gives, Draxler's... No, no, no. Flaky. I mean, Draxler's flaky. Yes, sorry. And, and, yeah. and Guendouzi, yeah. Yeah, no, that is a good point. I mean, talk to me about um, Draxler's best position because I mean, it's quite telling that Ander Herrera started ahead of him in the final. I mean, Herrera, for, for me, when I looked at him at United, he played deep a lot, probably not his best position. When he was at Athletic Bilbao, he was, he was a very good number 10. And I think that's something where United probably messed up. And Herrera played well, but he, for me, I don't consider him an offensive option. I'd say he's got the energy and midfield tenacity. So... I mean, where does Draxler play? I always assumed Draxler was more of an attacking mid rather than on the wings. But is that where he does play? Because Arsenal don't need any more wingers. Let's put it that way. They've got Bamiang now, obviously re-signing. They've got Pepe. Um, I'll ask you about your opinion as well on Pepe. What's your opinion on Pepe? I rate him. I mean, I, I don't think he's worth 80 million euros, but I do rate him. It was It was a bit of a risk. Um, he sort of had one stellar season, maybe 18 months. So it was, an there's an element of risk bringing him in without sort of maybe giving him a little bit longer to see if, um, you know, this wasn't just a flash in the pan. I do think he's a very talented footballer and um, Arsenal fans seem sort of split because there's some that will point to his stats and say, look, for a first season, that's actually not bad. And there's others who say he just hasn't been in matches enough. Um, I think the position he's in, he probably does need to be given a little bit more time to, to adjust to, to English football. But the problem is for 80 million, you expect that adjustment to be a lot quicker. And I don't think the fee did him any favours. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's a tough one. I think he's basically um, basically judged on that fee. You look at Harry Maguire as another player where, of course, he's not worth that money. There's too many deficiencies in his game to be worth that money crazy money spent on that i just you know i i don't want to talk about it but you know pepe is the same he gets the same i suppose you know treatment because of his feet clearly a talent that's got great feet you know he can he can shoot as well but it's difficult league to settle in and yeah my last question on Draxler was what's his best position for me attacking midfielder and and sort of the center of the pitch um 
I think at his best, he can sort of dictate games. He can pick a pass. He can dribble with the ball. He's got a good finish as well. The problem is, obviously, at PSG, he's got a lot of competition in that area. And there's only, you know, so many attacking players that, that can be played. And that's at PSG. He's played everywhere, sort of front three, middle three, um, often as a holding midfielder, even though he can't tackle. Um, and so I think to an extent he's been wasted, but he, I don't think he's made enough of his opportunities. Um, but you, yeah, you look at, you mentioned Champions League. I mean, you look at the midfield that they played there. And apart from Verratti, who himself has got a, a few attitude problems, I think, um, it's actually a relatively, I mean, for for a club that wants to win the Champions League, it's, for me, it's a pretty average midfield. And I think they do need a bit of a clear out and improvement. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more on that. I was quite surprising the difference in quality between Bayern's midfield and obviously uh, PSG's midfield. But um, let me ask you about Samari, because obviously he's someone, as you said, off air, who gets linked pretty much every window to the Premier League. I know he's been linked to Chelsea before, to United. He's obviously um, someone that is highly rated, but I feel like Premier League fans have actually never seen him play. He's one of those players where everyone raves about him. Um, and they're like, oh, Samari, yeah, we can have Samari at Chelsea. We can have him at United. He'd be great next to No one's seen him play, let's be honest. So are you able to just give a quick sort of review on what sort of player he is? And are there any concrete rumours or, or talks that he could be coming to the Premier League? So there, there's two players like that. The other one is Sangare at Toulouse. Yes. Every time I mention him, there's all these people saying, sign, sign Sangare. He's because of been pretty poor football. For, for about 18 months or so. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Sumare, yeah, it's weird because when he's played, he's looked good. And the again, sort of, he's tall, he's strong, he's mainly defensive midfielder, but could be box to box. Um, he can bring the ball out himself. He's got a good pass. Everything is there for him to become a sort of, you know, almost like a Vieira kind of player. Um, and I guess that's why he's spoken about a lot. But actually, you, you look at his career so far and he hasn't really played that much. Uh, a lot of substitute appearances for a couple of years. And then last year, he he's played half the season. He started for Lille for the first half of the season, did look very good and looked like he was sort of going to be, you know, continuing up his learning curve. And then in January, he was kind of unceremoniously dropped. And by all accounts, it's more an off-the-field off the thing because Lille agreed a fee for him to go to Newcastle and he turned it down. And then there was kind of a blame game. Well, you keep, you know, your agent's been pushing the whole of Europe to touting you across the whole of Europe and we make a deal for you and you don't want it. And then so it's, it's, it seems like off-field issues that are, are more of a problem than, than on-field. But then again, sort of like Draxley, you could say, well, you know, if he if he was playing so well that it was impossible to drop him, then then we'd still see him in the team. But huge, huge potential. But you're right, we haven't seen anywhere near enough of him to be able to say for certain that that he is going to be that next great midfielder. Absolutely, I'm I'm so happy that you also agree with me because I just hear it. Every time, every time you see any sort of oh next French top ta talent coming out of Liga, and Samari's in, I honestly like has anyone seen him play? I mean, I've seen a few games, and there's definitely potential there. But you got to think that if Newcastle are going in for him, and none of the big clubs 
are as well. It's not, it's probably not, as you said, not an ability thing, but perhaps, you know, is there a mentality problem or attitude problem, whatever's going on. But um, is he one that could realistically move this summer or is it probably just going to be the same as most summers where, or most windows where there's just a lot of rumors flying around? I think he could, he definitely could. I mean, Lille are always up for, for selling someone to the Premier League, usually to Arsenal and usually for a lot of money. Um, and, you know, no smoke without fire. The fact that he's always linked and, and Lille have never sort of denied that he's sellable if the right price comes in. Um, it might be a question of how many other Lille players go. There's obviously there's Gabriel, there's um, uh, Menon, the goalkeeper might go, for example, as well. So I think it might depend who else goes. And they've got a, a few good midfielders now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. But again, someone's got to put in a concrete bid that they like. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you might see Arsenal because like you said, Arsenal do like the, the track from uh, Lille to Arsenal. But let's move on quickly. I know these two players have signed for Fulham now, but Ariel and Tete, does, do you think these are good signings for Fulham? I, I, you remember obviously when Fulham came up a few seasons ago and they went and spent so much money. They sent, spent so much money on Seri. Remember Seri was meant to go to Barcelona and that he didn't go because of that problem with the cold with his feet or something like that I believe and I don't know some rumor like that you might be able to clear that up move to Fulham was a disaster Fulham went and spent nearly the third most in Europe that season and got relegated so obviously they're going to be a bit more careful in how they approach their return to the Premier League but are these two players that will enhance them next season um they've both got a lot to prove so potentially so um Tete first of all I'm not convinced and I guess no one in Lyon's convinced it's strange because he arrived with such great pedigree um you know Dutch international obviously came through Ajax who obviously got such a great reputation for developing players um but he's never really made it at Lyon and has often sort of fallen second third choice and, you know, the fact that Raphael, for example, even though he, he divides Lyon's supporters' opinion, was, was often chosen ahead of him. And then they brought in Leo Dubois. And even the fact that they sold, they sold Raphael this week, they sold or sell, they didn't want to, but um, one of their talented youngsters who was sort of, you know, penciled in to be the next the next main right back, he's gone to Milan and yet they're still willing to sell Tete as well. I think says that probably both sides have just said it's, you know, it's come to the end of the road here. And there is a talented player there. I think he does everything okay. I'm just not sure he does anything particularly well. So it's not, considering, as you said, this is sort of a, a very different uh, policy to, to last time they went up. I think it sort of maybe fits in with, with, with what Fulham are trying to do. And again, the fact is he's a, he's a Dutch international. Clearly, clearly there's quality there. So if Scott Parkin can get anything like the best out of him, then it will probably turn into, into a good move. Ariola also splits opinion. And I'm on the side that think he's a really good keeper. And I don't, yeah, I agree. He has, I don't think he's done himself any favors staying at PSG so long. Cause I think, they don't appreciate him. I don't think he's been treated well by the club, by the fans. I think this is his fifth loan. Um, I really think he should be leaving, moving somewhere for good. But I do think he's a good keeper who, if he's given um, the confidence of the club and the fans that he's playing at, 
and gives himself a chance to settle somewhere, I think he could still become a top, you know, one of one of the best. I'm, st- I, I'm shocked that he's. T- I saw yesterday he was 27, and I probably would have guessed sort of still 23, 24. But yeah, I suppose with all these these loan spells everywhere, he's, I feel like he's frittering away his career, which is a stupid thing to say considering he's got a World Cup winner's medal. But you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And also keepers have longevity don't they in their career so you know he's he's still got many years left but i honestly thought someone like chelsea would have looked at him i've always thought he was a good keeper every time i've seen him play i don't understand the uh i suppose the the negativity surrounding him but i i think it's a good signing and he's definitely someone i'm considering for my fantasy team if he does start but um i know you've got to rush off in about five minutes so let's try and cover these quickly but Talk to me about the situation at Marseille because I know there's a little bit of a few issues behind the scenes. Is there going to be many players that they need to sell? Because I know, I believe there is financial problems there. They've, yeah, they've, I mean, they haven't got any issues with the um, sort of financial overseer in France. So they're, they're all right from that point of view. Um, but they don't really have any money to, to buy anyone. Um, and obviously this year they're in the Champions League as well. They got, I think last year, Villas Boas did an amazing job. They were also relatively lucky they didn't have too many injuries or anything like that, um, except Tovan was out injured all the season. So actually him coming back is almost like a new signing. But kind of challenging in Liga and Champions League this year, I think is going to be pretty tough for them. And I think they do need to strengthen. Vilas Boas came close to leaving in the summer. He's still talking in terms of wanting to bring players in. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to bring... I mean, they're making some canny moves and you know, finding some good young players on loans and, and or free transfers. But I think they do need to strengthen and they won't do that until they sell. So... Payet and Tovad are sort of the probably the highest rated players, but they both adamant that they want to stay. Kamara probably they could get a lot of money for, but he doesn't want to leave either. Um, and the ones that it seems do want to go are Sanson and Lopez in the in the midfield. Personally, I've never particularly rated Lopez, but he looks like one who could who could move to to Spain. And Sanson is, I think, it sounds de- like he's desperate to move to the Premier League and is always sort of linked with the likes of Everton. But again, no one's putting these these moves in. But I'm sure Marseille would be would be very happy to to bring in sort of 20, 30, 40 million for some of these players so they can go out and spend it. Oh, I'm just wondering if Payet would go back to West Ham, obviously, the way he, way he left. So, you know, that one season, or that one particular season he was there in the Premier League was one of the best I've seen from from a player outside the top six. Absolutely phenomenal player. Wonderful to watch, but um, interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, that's a, it seems like that's a lot. That's the, that's the theme with a lot of the, the players that come from the French League. But um, let's move on to the last one, Jeremy, and I really appreciate your time today. But um, Gabriel is obviously now an Arsenal player, someone who uh, was chased by Napoli as well, potentially to replace Koulibaly. United's name was put, in, put into the mix. I just want to ask you, was that interest legit from Manchester United? And a lot of people are saying if, he, if United had made the move, then he would have he would have joined United, but they just didn't put anything concrete into Lille. Um, and what sort of player is he? Because I, I've watched a bit of him. I like what I see. He's obviously a good passer of the ball. He's um, he's quite composed. He's someone clearly that you know has 
excelled i think in the bigger games in the champions league although he did struggle against chelsea i, I believe abraham turned him a few times but is he going to be someone that's going to hit the ground running and is he as highly rated as people say he is i like him a lot i mean again he's another one who's only really had sort of 18 months or so at the top but during those 18 months he settled right into the little team and and played brilliantly he, I mean, he has said that he's benefited a lot from playing with the experience of Jose Font next to him. So I think, you know, Arsenal might have a sort of decision to make. Do they do they think he still needs that experience and maybe put Louis next to him? Or um, do they think that him and Saliba can sort of both um, bed into the team together? But yeah, I, I think he's, a, he's an excellent defender. I mean, as, as you described him, he's got pretty much all the attributes, including the temperament. Um, he's 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 still only sort of 22, I think. He's quite, he's quite young. Yeah, but he is. Something about the way he sort of holds himself and plays that you sort of think of him as older. Um, but I, I think he's... With him and Saliba, Arsenal have got the potential to have, you know, a, a truly great centre-back pairing for the next sort of, you know, 10 years or so, in theory. Um, in terms of where he was going to go, I don't. Napoli and Everton were the ones that were linked the most often. Um, Arsenal came in, United. I think it probably was genuine, although Lille again do seem good at generating these stories to to kind of up the prices of their own players. So there might be an element of that, but I th- it might also be sort of putting two and two and, and getting five because I think. Everything at some one point seemed to turn on Koulibaly. And, you know, if he goes to United, then maybe Gabriel will go to Napoli to replace him. So there might have been a bit of that. But I think probably just United probably just came in a little bit too late. And their name just gets thrown around every summer, you know, United linked to everyone. And that's a great way to drive up the price. But last one, I know you've got to go, Jeremy, but is Saliba the real deal? As everyone, especially Arsenal fans are saying. (laughs) Again... It's hard to say just because he has so few professional matches under his belt. But those the matches in which he's played, he has looked excellent. And, you know, there's even been a marked difference in results when you look at matches where he's playing and where he isn't playing for Saint-Étienne. Last year, he had struggles with injuries and Saint-Étienne had a particularly bad season. But again, everything he's shown, sort of physique, Football, footballing ability, temperament, that he's so young and he's come in and already been, you know, acted like a leader and is sort of, you know, directing his 35-year-old captain and helping him to improve his game and, and you know, that kind of thing. I, I, I think he is the real deal. But, again, you there's always going to be risk with bringing in a sort of 18-, 19-year-old player, especially for that kind of money, moving him to another country and, um, you know, he's barely moved out of home or certainly out of his, you know, um, youth development setup or whatever. Um, there's so many other factors involved. As he said, some French players get, to, you know, maybe pick and choose their matches or develop attitude problems, less so in recent years. It certainly used to be a problem. He doesn't seem to be one of those characters, but time will tell, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. I think... I think he looks a talent and we'll see what happens. But Jeremy, honestly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been completely brilliant. And I've just learned so much about the French League. And um, I'd love you to come back on again if, later on the season if, you, uh, if you're up yeah, for it. Yeah, whenever you like. 
absolutely and just tell the listeners uh where they can find your work so i'm on twitter at jeremy smith 98 um and then you usually find me podcasting either on get french football news or french football weekly Absolutely. And what we'll do is we'll chuck uh, Jeremy's at handle under. And to all the listeners, make sure you like and subscribe. We want to get this video out to as many fans as possible. It's such a great insight. And uh, we'll see you next time.